Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice, the C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us here today on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and uh, again, I want to thank you throughout the Fruited Plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet and the greatest success story the world has ever known. And uh, we got an incredible lineup for you here today. Uh, My good friend uh, and colleague, buddy uh, Rose Tennant up there in uh, Pennsylvania will be coming on uh, with me uh, here today and uh, I think at 11 o'clock uh, down at the 1130 1130 hour uh, bottom of the hour bottom of this hour Rose Tennant is going to be on with me Rose unplugged uh, yeah she was huge uh, there in the Pittsburgh area uh, about known Rose for about 10 years now and in fact uh, Rose is the um, person, the woman who introduced me to my good buddy now, Sean Hannity. In fact, Rose sits in for Sean uh, sometimes on his radio show, and she has sat on uh, the national um, television program as well. Anyway, she's going to be on with us. Uh, she's with Trump 2020 there in PA, and then coming up after the first uh, after the after the first hour, uh, the top of the second hour. Uh, we have my good buddy uh, Vince Ellison, the author of The Iron uh, Triangle, is going to be on with me. You want to stay tuned for both of them. Uh, they are going to be off uh, the chain, so to speak. They will be running wild, expressing their opinions, which is our American right. And, you know, folks... I know that a lot of people are, you know, are wanting to get down on Joe Biden. Hear me, hear me well. Don't don't run away from me right now because I'm about to say something that's important to all of us. Uh, at least I, I certainly hope it is. Before we start beating up on Joe Biden so bad for protecting his boy, let me say, look, I, I don't fault any man for protecting his son. I I have a son. I love him with all my heart. I have children. I love all of them with all of my heart. And if it was uh, you come to me wanting me to rat out my child, I'm not doing it. I will do everything to get my child to do the right thing. But as far as giving them up to you, it's just not something Louisianians are known to do. It's not something a Bryant is known to do. We just so so uh, maybe it's the quarters Scots Irish that's in me. Uh, like Joe's, uh, you know, the same. He's he's an Irishman, 
Maybe, maybe it's the Nigerian part of me. I don't know what it is. But I get it when you look at Joe not giving up his son. I would not do that either. However, I don't get the national news media. Understand, understand. I, I, I get Joe protecting his son. I get that. I would do the same thing. I would not give up my boy. No way. I would try to encourage him to do the right thing if he had done anything wrong. And I would go with him all the way. You know, hopefully never spend a, a, a moment in jail. You know, I would go with him all the way if he was doing something wrong all the way, but I would not be the one to give him up. So I pro I understand Joe Biden protecting his son. But what I don't understand is the national news media protecting both Joe Biden and Hunter Biden from you, the American people, you, the American people. I understand Joe Biden being a father. I understand a father protecting his son. I do not fault him for that. But I do fault the national media for protecting both of them, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden from us the American people there is something very very wrong and unethical and quite frankly there is something that is apparently big time noticeably and perhaps even irreversibly uh, wrong with the the uh, journalistic uh, system in this country it has been absolutely um, engulfed, taken over. CBS, NBC, ABC, the the three national networks have been totally engulfed. Uh, even Fox. with progressivism. And so we're, we're going to talk a, a lot about that today with my two guests, uh, Rose Tennant, uh, radio host in her own right, uh, extraordinaire, um, introduced me to my good friend now, uh, Sean Hannity, about 10 years ago. And it's hard to believe that Rose and I have been hanging out uh, for that long, uh, for, for 10 years. Uh, it's just difficult uh, to think that time goes by that fast. And, and a new person on the scene here with us now has written a book. Uh, his name is um, Mr. Ellison, Vince Ellison. Uh, Vince Ed Everett Ellison will be on with me, the author of The Iron Triangle. And um, when I think about how this this black vote is going to go, 
because I'm re- I'm really thinking that the black vote is going to um, double, if not triple, for DJT this time. And I want you to know that um, there are strong indications that this is just like it was back in the days of Hillary Clinton when she was running for office, running for the, the presidency. It was just like that. They, the liberal news media, the one that is protecting uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden from you. And keep in mind, I, I have told you, come very clean with you. I don't blame a father for protecting his son. I understand that absolutely, totally. I would never rat my son out. I would encourage him to do the right thing. Uh, I would implore him to do the right thing. But it would be his choice. I would never give him up. Yeah, and so I understand this father not ratting his son out. But what I don't get is the news media, the national news media, they know this to be uh, a, a huge story. You have the FBI withholding information while conducting an investigation against a president who they know the allegations against are false. Are you hearing me? This is what's going on. And and this is why this is the, the, the national news media is protecting not only Joe and Hunter Biden, they are not reporting a story that indicates strongly that the FBI while invest while conducting an investigation into allegations against a sitting president knowing that those allegations against that president are false because they have the hard drive they have the computer of the true conspirators, but yet they said nothing. And the news media, your the national news media, ABC, NBC, CBS, they are, turn over there, turn over there if you don't believe me. You, are you hearing what's happened to you, America? Your vice president, sitting vice president, I get I get it, Joe. I understand why you're not going to turn your son in. I would not turn mine in. I would not rat out my son. But that does not extend to the news media. How come you're not saying something? That's what I want to know. I want to know why aren't you saying something about the biggest scandal that we have seen 
in American politics, the biggest shell game that we have perhaps ever seen in American politics, the shell game where you have an outgoing secretary of state who decides to run for president of the United States against a non-politico, Donald John Trump. And everybody says that she is going to beat him. And then the progressive liberal news media, the Clinton News Networks, went to work to make sure that that narrative would be put out everywhere that there's no way that Donald Trump can beat or, 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 over, or overcome the insurmountable lead that Hillary Clinton has in the polls. Same scenario as last time. Hillary loses, right? To Donald John Trump. Immediately. Immediately. In fact, the insurance policy, according to uh, uh, Agent Strzok and Lisa Page, there was already in place an insurance policy in case Hillary lost. And the insurance policy, folks, and this is what turned, this is what has turned, this is what the largest and most amazing political scandal in American history is all about. That same Secretary of State who had been First Lady, wife to Bill Clinton, she had spent her eight years in the White House, and she spent another two years as the Secretary of State under Barack Hussein Obama. And now she's running for president, and she has made all types of connections worldwide. One of them was a Russian connection. She started a hoax that Donald John Trump and his team were colluding with Russians to steal the election. She started a hoax that Donald John Trump was uh, funneling money to, into his companies through Russian operatives. It was the biggest shell game that anyone has ever seen because as it turns out, everybody, it wasn't Donald John Trump at all, was it? No, it was her who had knowledge of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and their activities. Don't you dare believe, don't you dare think that a secretary of state's office is not aware of the dealings with foreign entities like the type of dealings Hunter Biden was doing on behalf of his family at the behest, obviously, obviously, this is obvious, 
at the behest of his father who got him that job. Oh, no, hey, come on, grow up. What do you think? The, the Russians and the Chinese uh, just reached out and said, hey, let's, let's get that Biden kid. I hear he's real bright and he knows everything there is to know about this business. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Far from that, babe. Far from that. It was that Joe made that hookup. Joe Biden himself as vice president made that hookup. And the sole purpose of that hookup was to form a conduit, a pipeline from whomever Joe could extort, could shake down and funnel funds into his family. Oh, you think Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton were were shakedown artists? Oh, my goodness. Joe Biden and Hunter Biden were shaking people down for literally millions and millions of dollars. The president is right. It was and is until, you know, it's about to be dismantled. A criminal enterprise. Is ABC, is CNN, is CBS saying anything about this? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. They're not. They're not. They're not. (laughs) In fact, as far as they're concerned now, now I tell you something. I think that they're going to have to say something here within the next 24 hours, which means that Joe Biden's campaign, if he loses, uh, oh, who's the national figure on uh, CBS now? I don't even know. If I started to say Brian Williams, but I think he's with MSNBC or some some place that's not listened to. But he used to be with NBC until he lied about seeing bodies floating down the street in New Orleans after Katrina. That was just an out and out. I mean, it was unnecessary, dude. Just tell, just report it like it is. If it wasn't much, it wasn't much. <laughs> there were never bodies in the streets of Bourbon down Bourbon Street. But he was the face of uh, of news for NBC. My point was this. If in the next 24 hours you're beginning to hear these stories beginning to surface as questions on those media outlets, Joe could be toast before the election. I'm CL. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour will be my good friend Rose Tennant. She'll be live and uh, unplugged with me right here on the CL Bryant Show. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for coming along with us as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here uh, over Red State, Red State Talk Radio throughout the Fruited Plains of America and around the globe. Red State is our flagship station. And if you're traveling through Times Square, and I trust all of us will be doing that, uh, traveling through a subdued uh, yet populated Times Square right now, you got crime running rampant. That's all because of Big Bill de Blasio, but uh, get rid of the Big Bill, the Big Bird uh, de Blasio, and uh, you can restore uh, law and order just like it was restored under Giuliani back um, just before all this took place. New York was a great city. I wonder what Christmas is going to look like in New York City now since they've stymied everything, since they've stifled everything. Since there's such a hysteria over somebody dying over with COVID, do you know uh, getting into your uh, car and driving down the streets of your city, you have a much greater chance of being killed, I mean killed, in an automobile crash today driving down the streets of your city in your automobile than you have of um, dying of of COVID-19. Even if you got it. So you get in your car. Yeah, okay. So everybody gets in their car. But the chance of you being killed in an automobile accident is, you know, it's, 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 not, it's not great at all. I'm talking about kill, not, not being in an accident. I mean, anyone of us can get in an accident. Anyone of us can get infected. But the chance of it killing you is um, almost non-existent. Unless something really, really bad goes, you know, goes, something goes astray. Same thing with an airplane crash. I mean, it's a greater chance of you contracting. I'm talking about worldwide now. I'm talking about worldwide numbers. Yeah. So, so, so friends, when, when, when we... Look at the level of hysteria that's here right now. It is designed to do something. It's designed to take us to a certain uh, place, a certain destination. And I I certainly uh, trust that uh, we understand this. Coming up here in just uh, about a minute, a minute and a half, will be uh, Rose Tennant, my good friend from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, she is someone who has been the quintessential radio host for a long time. Um, someone who actually introduced me to uh, Sean. Sean Hannity got me on uh, his show, and then Sean put up my movie 
runaway slave. We became good friends, very good friends. He's still a good buddy of mine, but the, Rose is the person who opened that door. And I want to thank her for that. Um, also, uh, coming up after the this hour, at the top of the next hour, will be Vince Everett Ellison, author of The Iron Triangle. And uh, we'll see what he's laying down here. He's always on his game and always have has very interesting conversation for us when we bring him on. So I want to welcome Michelle back. She's back from marrying off that daughter of hers, that young that baby girl of hers. And um, so I wish the, the happy couples um, wonderful honeymoon and nuptials and all that type of thing. And so, um, you know, friends, what we have here in so many cases is a failure to communicate. And that's what we must do is continue to communicate with each other as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I want you to help me welcome back to the show my good friend, someone who I have told you uh, over and over uh, was the the person who introduced me to uh, now my good buddy, Sean Hannity. She sits in for him sometimes. In fact, um, it has been nearly 10 years. In fact, it's been over 10 years since uh, I first met uh, Rose Tennant in Pittsburgh, PA. And help me welcome back. Rose underscore unplugged is on with me. Welcome back to C.L. Bryant show. How are you? Oh, Theo, I love hearing your voice, and I adore you. You know, I absolutely adore you. How are you, my dear friend? I'm doing fantastically well, Rose, and uh, I'm, I'm so glad that you're on with me. So you're you're hooked into, and I know you're a shaker and mover there in the great state of Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, PA in particular, but Trump 2020 there in PA. Tell us all about it. Can we take the state, Rose? We need it. We got to have it. We have Pennsylvania. We've got this. And, you know, it's funny because I have been traveling the state since June every single week from one end to the other. I've been in Amish country where they literally had events in cornfields and horse and buggy parades for Trump. I've been in the Philadelphia and surrounding areas. They love Trump. See, I've never seen this level of enthusiasm. I thought it was great. In 2016, and I had other anecdotal evidence to tell you I was sure there was going to be a, a victory for Trump in Pennsylvania. Well, now, and I told Eric this a couple of weeks ago. I saw Eric, and I had a chance to talk with him. Uh, I told him that the numbers in Pennsylvania in 2020 will be greater than they were in 2016. I'm sure of it. I know it. And and if you allow me, see, I'll give you some examples of my anecdotal evidence this time around yeah talk to us rose because listen you were right on the last time and folks i want you to tune in around the the country and around the globe tune in to what rose is about to tell you go ahead rose you got it all right let me give you a couple of examples number one small business owners across this state have suffered tremendously under tyrannical rule under a blue governor they have suffered, CL. My heart breaks for them. I had a woman come up to me, a young woman, who started her own business not too long ago. But because of the tyrannical regulations that this governor has passed down to small business, she hasn't been able to conduct business for eight months. Now, she said to me that she always voted Democrat. But this will be the first time she's voting Republican 
and her words to me were this. How do I go back to a party that did this to me? I feel wow. like I have chills right now when I tell you this. It wow. almost makes me want to, to weep for her as well. Wow. She was broken. She was disappointed. She was discouraged. Her livelihood now has been under attack because of the Democrats. She now will be voting Republican. And don't think for a minute that she is an isolated case. She is not. I've talked to small business owners all across the state. Number two, law enforcement. I've been to several cops for Trump events. I've been there with the vice president. I asked them every time, tell me about your brothers and sisters in uniform. Do they like this president? And he said, they would tell me, Rose, because the president has their back, they've got his back. They know. They know what's going on. And they know when they put on that uniform every single day, they are putting their lives at risk. They are putting their families at risk of losing a dear loved one. And they know that the only person right now, the only party right now that has their back is President Trump and the Republicans. They've got, they, this, this administration has got their vote. I talk to women all across the state. The media really wants you to believe that women don't like Trump. I'm here to tell you that is not true because as women, we want to know two things in particular. We want to know a lot, of course, but two things really matter to us. <laughs> Number one, security, security of this nation, security for our children moving forward. We've lived a good life. We've lived a free life. We want that for our children. We want to know that that Constitution will be preserved because of the president and because of his appointments. So, so those are two things that matter greatly to women. And women across the state support the president for those reasons, not just those alone, but those are the primary reasons. I'm telling you, CL, I have never seen this level of enthusiasm. Boilermakers, um, the fracking industry, because that's huge here in this state. People who Rose, let me stop you right there. Let me let me, let me stop. Let me stop you right there. Let me, hold on, just a second, right there. No, just keep your thought. Keep your thought. But but you mentioned boilermakers. You know, Joe has been caught in a lie about uh, the boilermakers uh, union endorsing him. He's been caught in that lie. He lied about that. He said it during uh, his town hall the other night that the boilermakers there in PA uh, were, were 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 the Delaware. I can't remember. But they were on it. But that was a lie. He's caught lying all the time. Doesn't that count for? something this man is a plagiarist he's a liar and and now this hunter biden thing do you think that's going to blow up in his face rose uh, i hope so the problem is we don't have the media telling the truth we have the media out there saying you know just for an example um the media new york times recently suggested that um the trump staff is depressed that couldn't be further from the truth. I've never seen more enthusiastic staff members of any campaign save maybe Reagan. I mean, you want to know depressed? We were depressed when we had to get out there and support um, uh, uh, Romney. That was <laughs> depression, okay? That's when we were depressed. I have not seen this level of enthusiasm since Reagan, and no it's even way. greater than Reagan. Because no what's way. at stake? What's at stake is greater than what was at stake when Reagan was running. As an advisory board member, as an advisory board member uh, to uh, one of the president's boards, uh, when we get on calls, Rose, the level of enthusiasm among surrogates 
is incredible. And hey, okay. you can see with your own lying eyes when he goes out on the road, you just see him. You see him wherever he goes. He attracts 25,000 plus people while Joe Biden has maybe 50 cars in a parking lot honking their horns. I mean, well, you know, ro- I, do you ever see any Biden? exaggerating a little bit when you say five? I mean, because like I've seen maybe five. Cars <laughs> Well, let's be generous to Joe, you know, but but, (laughs) let me let me ask you this, Rose. You know, I I was saying this now. I have a son and I know you have children, you know, I have children as well, you know. And uh, listen, um, I I get it. I I get a father protecting his son, a mother protecting her children and all that, that kind of thing. I understand. I get that. But what I don't get is the progressive media, the the national news media protecting both Joe and Hunter Biden from us, the American people. Rose, what has happened to journalism and that type of thing in this country? You've been doing this for a long time. And as I told all you folks uh, that it was Rose who introduced me to my good friend now, Sean Hannity. She got me. on his show the first time, on his television show the first time. And Rose, you know, I have a great respect for you, a love for you. And uh, what what is what has happened since from 10 years ago, even until this point? You know, I, I think it's the effects of the education that people are getting in uh, the universities. I think we're finally seeing the results of that education. I think that there's an agenda, most certainly uh, amongst journalists in this country. Um, they're very left-leaning and they really love what they're seeing um, with the progressive movement. The Democratic Party really is no longer the Democratic Party. It is not the party of Kennedy. It has become the socialist progressive party of the United States. So my concern is when we see things like what happened the other day, when Twitter actually censors or throttles, they call it, um, the, the, the conservatives and what they have to say on, on Twitter Um, that's a problem, and yet you heard no one, and you would think the very first people to stand up against that and to criticize that would be the media, and there was nothing from them. And most people don't even know that um, Haley McEnany and um, Congressman Guy Rushenthaler and others were censored this past week to a great degree. And even Charlie, Charlie Chris, was um, uh, censored. As as well. And and so, Rose, when I think about uh, where we're going, and, and first of all, before I ask this next question, I want you to tell everybody uh, how to get in touch with you, how to get bring you to a city near them. Tell us. Oh, I would love to come and speak in your cities. I, 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 amazing. When I'm done talking, people are crying. And I, I brag about that only because it touches their heartstrings, because we talk about things that we need to talk about. Um you can reach out to me at email is uh, rose at rose unplugged u n p l u g g e d like past tense of unplugging something rose at roseunplugged dot com or Twitter is at rose underscore unplugged and Facebook is rose unplugged and Instagram is rose unplugged and the number one after it. Follow her on Twitter at rose underscore unplugged. I mean, it is uh, just uh, an absolute joy to. Uh, be associated with you. And Rose, let me ask you this now. Uh, when we look at uh, this debate that's coming up uh, between the president and Joe Biden, what are the things in your estimation that he should hit Biden with? And then I'll bring you back on next week and we'll rehash it. Talk to me. That sounds like a, a plan. I like that. 
Um, I think that if it, it, how I would advise him is to continuously pivot. I don't give a rip what they ask him. He needs to tell his story. He needs to have his own narrative because those are the only opportunities he has because the media doesn't cover all of this. He needs to talk about Hunter Biden. He needs to segue into that every opportunity he gets. He needs to talk about how this guy, Joe Biden, running for president can be bought can be bought because he has been bought. He needs to keep bringing that up. He needs to get out there and his goals for uh, the next four years. And I don't care what the question is. I think he needs to go into that. He just needs to be prepared to go into those narratives. Keep hammering it. Keep hammering it. Rose, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to be on with you. And listen, God bless you and keep you. And uh, I certainly uh, hope that he causes his face to shine upon you. You got about uh, two minutes, Rose. I want you to take this moment and these two, mo- these two moments and, and tell the folks about your legacy. What, when we talk about legacy, what is it? How would you want us to, to think about Rose Tennant uh, when you're sitting on your porch? rocking and looking at the sunset uh you know and hung up the spurs what what do you want us to remember about you i'll tell you exactly what i just told my son a few hours ago i want him to know and others his age and generations that come after us i want them to know that i did everything i could do to be sure that i preserve that constitution for them and i fight for their liberties that's all i want That's it, because that's the most important thing we can pass on to our children and their children. My good friend, keep fighting the good fight. I know that you will because you are. Rose Tennant, God bless and keep you. Thank you so much, friend, for being on with me. I'll talk to you soon. That was Rose Tennant. And, uh, girl, you nearly broke my heart. Uh, There. That was really, really touching. You know, and we do this. We do this because of our kids. We do this because of our grandchildren. Uh, after all of the things that my grandparents and my grandfather and my uh, great-grandfather who was in the Spanish-American War, my grandfather, World War One, my grand, my father, World War Two, and I was going to go and join the Marines, and Dad said, well, we fought the wars. It's peacetime now. It's 1974. You go to school. You're about to graduate. You go to school. And, um, you know, folks, though, in my, in my heart of hearts, I, I wish I had gone on and worn the uniform, though. I've never worn the uniform. And that is one of the regrets that I have in my life. But I will be loathed if the uniform that my father and my grandfather, my great-grandfather wore to preserve the re- republic and give me the liberty that I enjoy as an American citizen, I will be loathed if I don't do as all I can as, as Rose was tearfully sharing with us the reason she does this. She does it for her legacy, her children. She was talking to her son. Hey, folks, this is the C.L. Bryant Show, and I certainly thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Uh, and we're going to be back after the um, this break here, a little bit more on the um, in this first hour. But after the news hour, the top of the hour, we'll be back with um, Vince 
Ellison, Vince Ellison, and um, he's the author of The Iron Triangle, and we're going to know all about that. We're going to learn all about that and uh, see what that's about, and uh, also make it possible and knowledgeable for you to grab a copy of it if you want. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. That's right, I do. Uh, CL back with you on this great day in the USA. A home stretch of the first hour of the CL Bryant Show. If you don't get both hours of the CL Bryant Show, be sure to download free vclbryantshow.com. I mean, the C.L. Bryan Show app. That was the website you go to, though, theclbryanshow.com. Go there, and, of course, follow me on Twitter at Rev, R-E-V, R-E-V-C-L, Bryant, Facebook. I have a few, a couple of Facebook pages. In fact, there are some that I don't know. Anyway, I am grateful that you come along with me daily as we build a bridge. To conversation coming up after the top of the hour will be Vince Ellison, author of The Iron Triangle. And uh, full disclosure, both he and I are black conservatives. And uh, we are unashamed, unabashedly uh, followers of our Lord and Savior. Certainly mine. I can speak for myself. Vince will have to say it for him. I can't say it for him, but uh, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, he is, my Lord, my King. And you know what, folks? Um, There are certain things that you don't mess with. And you Christians hear me right now, and you people of faith, you better hear me right now. There are certain things that you don't mess with in um, the lives of of people and citizens, particularly the ones like we are here in America. And, and, and one of them is, you know, their, their family. And the other is their faith. No, you don't mess with those two things. Uh, you may hear somebody talking about their own family, but that's not for you to talk. That, that's not for you to join in and talk about because they're, they're not your family. You don't no. Family can talk about family. It's always been that way, at least in my family. Uh, I can talk about my cousin, but you better not say anything about my cousin. 
I may even talk about my own pastor, the men to me and, and whoever. But I bet not hear you talking about my pastor. No. And no pastor, I don't ever talk about you in a negative way at all. <laughs> you know that. But I'm just saying, there's some things that you just don't uh, tolerate. And one of them is people talking about your family. Even though you, you, there may be members of your family that you cannot stand. And they know you can't stand. They can't stand you. But don't you talk about my cousin. <laughs> That's the way family is. Okay. Don't you talk about my brother. Oh, yeah, my brother may be. Well, that's, I can say that about my brother, okay? I can say that about my sister, but not you. That's the way that goes. Now, Christians, hear me. I was talking about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? Wasn't I? Yeah, I was. Now, this is why you cannot stand idly by and let uh, the worldview that is beginning to permeate throughout and, and it's emanating from the college campuses. It's radiating off of the college campuses, radiating off of them. You send your Sunday school, church going, uh, Bible uh, studied kid <clears throat> to college, any college. You can you send them. <clears throat> pardon me. What is that? You can send them off to um, some seminaries. You can send your kid off to some seminaries. They'll come back to you, uh, Marxists, believing in um, social justice from a biblical perspective, and they'll come back believing Jesus was a socialist. Oh yeah, I've seen it happen. I have seen. It happened close to me, extremely. <laughs> so I'm telling you what I know. So Jesus Christ is your king. You don't let people talk about your family. You don't let people talk about your pastor. Surely you're not going to stand idly by while they denigrate your king. If there's one thing, even though I don't agree with their methods and tactics and all that type of thing, but if there's one thing I do admire about uh, the fundamentalism of Muslims is their reverence for the prophet, Muhammad. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have to uh, be in agreement with them on anything, but I can admire their fervor, even to the point of, uh, you know, hurting somebody bad so that they never hurt again. <laughs> you know, they are at least going to protect the image and the interest that they have in the person they believe has delivered to them their faith salvation to them. Jesus Christ is for me 
my salvation. But this is what you have to understand, people. We live in a world and we live in a country where there are people who think differently than you might. Even though it, it may seem very interesting and, and, and very um, appealing to have around you all the time, people who believe exactly the way you believe, talk exactly the way you talk. That may seem appealing, but that gets old real fast. I don't think Jesus ever had a dull moment when he was out and about and not trying to get some rest somewhere. He never had a dull moment because he was surrounded by people who were absolutely diametrically different than he was in character and in approach. He surrounded himself with 12 men who were, for the most part, brawlers in many ways. Oh, James and John, sons of thunder, uh, they, they were hellraisers. I said this a couple of days ago. They were hellraisers, they were brawlers. Oh, yeah, Judas was like a snake. Matthew, man, riotous living, tax collector, he could live it up. Oh, yeah, he took advantage of a lot of people, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, Matthew had to be um, somebody, but he, but, he, but he couldn't stand himself. And he was wanting, he's wanting to be different, as all of us are. And so when we look at America, we have to look at the diversity that is here. And each of us must defend Equally, our own faith propositions. But the thing that we must defend most is our ability to speak our faith propositions without being persecuted. Yes, many faith have been, gee whiz, the Catholics, the Mormons, the Muslims, yeah, the Jews. Even Baptists have been persecuted in this in this country. Oh, sure. And when Tammy Faye and Jim went, believe me, they were there were people standing at the the, the gate who uh, would, was waiting on the ability to persecute. When Jimmy Swaggart uh, fell from grace, there were people with pitchforks waiting to, uh, you know, make an example out of him in his own faith within his own faith. So every faith in this country that makes up this country. And then of course, atheists have been under attack, but atheists do the attacking. And this is what I'm saying. It is the godless ideas that are dominating the, the scene. It seems as though people are, are more comfortable just letting everything go in a relative way seems people are more comfortable to do that. And what that creates, my friends, is a descent into things that are not in order. Yeah, and order begets disorder. Disorder begets disorder. 
A messy, a messy house begets a messier, a messier house. Are you hearing me? Same way with a car. Yeah, oh yeah, you. If you if you start to leave paper straw to, uh, that you took off your McDonald's straws in your car. I cleaned out my car for the first time in a week or two, and I was shocked. <laughs> I had nearly a, 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 a plastic bag full of trash. It, bege- it it multiplies. And America, that's what's happening here in our country right now. The trash is accumulating. It has accumulated to a point where it, it, it's, it, it stinketh. Um, I was in Jerusalem. Jane and I were in Jerusalem. Um, at the Wailing Wall. Oh, it's been um, about six, seven years ago now. And if you look close at the Wailing Wall, you'll see a brown line right about midway up that wall, a little bit more than midway up that wall. And that brown line is an indication of where, how high the trash was stacked against the Wailing Wall when it was under the dominance of Islam. They didn't care what that meant to Judeo-Christian ethics and tradition. Yeah, that's how high the trash was stacked up against that wall. And so it's beginning to accumulate not against the wall, but it's beginning to accumulate in the mindset of America. How high is that trash actually stacked now? Do we know? Do we know how high that trash is stacked in the American mindset? It's affecting every aspect of our existence in this country. And there are people who we had trusted to bring news items to us for our consideration. But they have been bought by darker forces. Not that they've ever been conservative, the news media, of course not. But at least they were forthcoming. to a degree but now friends even that has gone away I'm CL this is the CL Bryant show I'll be back with Vince Ellison after the top of the news be right back Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. 
It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the Fruited Plains. Uh, All I can say is yum. Yeah. Absolutely extraordinary. Americans, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me. As we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation, This is the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and I am talking about the greatest nation on the face of the planet, uh, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Coming up uh, here, I'm sure Michelle is uh, bringing events, Ellison, uh, into our purview here in just a, a minute. We're going to talk to him. He is the author of The Iron Triangle. And I was saying to you, friends, that there is indeed, uh, there are a lot of things that are are happening right in front of our eyes. As, As we witness the transformation of our nation and we allow venerated persons and images to be attacked and torn down. We see mayors of cities, governors of states condoning Rioting, looting, and general mayhem in the streets of America. We witness this. My question is, and it has been and will be, uh, Americans, hear me now. Uh, Around the globe, and and, and I know that I have uh, uh, servicemen on ships at sea who listen to this show, and, and, and we love you, each and every one of you. God bless our men and women in uniform around the globe, as I say at the end of every show, who defend our right to speak our minds. But I ask this question, I have asked it, and I'm asking it of you, because within the next 15 days, Two weeks, one day from now. You may have to ask yourself seriously, and I do believe that it's going to go this way either way we look at it. You're going to have to ask yourself, my fellow citizens, my fellow Americans, what am I prepared to do? What am I, what am I prepared to do? To do for what? 
who knows where did you see did you see this maniac charge the police car with a torch did you see that there is something that is absolutely demonic in the mindset on the, of Americans on the streets of this country right now. Someone who speaks out against that all the time and is the author of the book, The Iron Triangle, joins me now. He is a friend of mine, friend of the show, someone who speaks straight, tells it like it is, and you know we don't mind him doing it here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Help me welcome back my good buddy, Vince Ellison. Thank you so much for being with me. How are you, friend? Reverend Brian, I'm happy to be with you today. Thank you so very much for having me. Vince, I want you to to have your way here, man. You know you can have free reign on my show. I love what you're putting down. love the way you cook it. Uh, tell the folks, first of all, about your book, why you wrote it, what's the genesis of it, and what the purpose is to in writing it. Well, for the people that have not heard me on your show before, Reverend Brian, thank you for that opportunity to speak with them. Um I, 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 I wrote the book about maybe less, a little less than a year ago. And um, when it came out a little less than a year ago, um, I was wondering, and a lot of my friends had asked me, why do the Af- African-American community, a Christian African-American community, vote in such large numbers for the anti-Christian Democrat Party? And this was something that I was concerned about because I just saw the black community really, really, really going in the wrong direction. I saw that their politics had a lot to do with it. So, um, so I started to go over my life, and I started to try to understand what happened to our community. How did we slide from becoming coming this, from being this very, very family-based Christian or Christian-oriented society into this this blindly following a leftist, communist, anti-Christian Democrat party? So I started with. Uh, when I was a young man, I was, I, well, when I was a child, I was born on a cotton plantation in Haywood County, Tennessee, back in, 19, back in 1963, and my father was a sharecropper. And uh, he, 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 we were very, very poor up until I was like nine years old, and my father found that he was uh, very good in the insurance industry, opened up his own agency, and pulled us out of poverty. I, I, and I thought everybody had overcome. And uh, I started, uh, I went to college, me and my brothers and sisters, we all did very well, and I started working in the prison industry in, in, in the 90s in South Carolina. And I saw that we started reverting. Black men were going to prison in the 90s in astronomical numbers. And uh, this was during the Clinton-Biden crime bill. And I started asking the black intelligentsia, man, what's going on? I mean, we went from um, three prisons in South Carolina in the 1980s to over 40 by the end of the 90s. And, of course, they told me that it was these evil, rich, white Republicans that just wanted to lock black people up, you know. And so I decided to leave my post as a correctional officer and decided to try to stop locking black men up and started trying to help them stay out of jail. Well, when I went into the black community, I saw something pretty interesting. I saw no rich, white Republicans. You see a leprechaun before you saw one. But I did see a lot of black Democrats. And more than anything, I saw these three entities making a lot of money off of the the, uh, chaos. And I call these guys the Iron Triangle. They were most black preachers, not good ones like you, but you know what I'm talking about. I know oh, I know what you're talking about, most, most black preachers, most black politicians, and most black civic organizers. 
Vince, let me ask you this. by white liberals to keep the black community under control for the Democrat Party. Let and me ask you this. And they do it very, very well. Vince, you, uh, you mentioned, so you mentioned the black intelligentsia. You mentioned mm-hmm. the black intelligentsia. Now, now, you and I, you and I know what that is. In full disclosure, folks, Vince, Ellison, and myself are both black followers of Jesus Christ, first and foremost, and we uh, wave the conservative banner. We're, we, we vote Republican, most likely. But, you know, that's the, way, that's the way it is. Just full disclosure. Now, you and I know the question that I'm asking you, but I want you to speak to it. Who is, what is, when you say black intelligentsia, what is Vince Ellison talking about? They, they, they are the, the, black, the part of the black community that make so much, that make money and get their power from the Democrat Party. They are the ones that uh, are the college professors. They are the ones that are the uh, administrators in the public educational system. They are the black politicians. They are the big-time black ministers that ride around in the, in the big fancy cars while their <laughs> congregations are poor and have nothing. Uh, they're, they're the poverty pants. Uh, Reverend Bryant, you know exactly who I'm talking about. They're the ones that keep the black community exactly where they're supposed to be for the Democrat Party, and they make a lot of money off of it. They have a lot of power. They sit in the black, the big chairs. They run the universities. They're the, they're, 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 they're the school superintendents. Uh, um, uh, they're, the, they're the politicians, school board members. They're the ones that you have to go to to get things done. They're the Jesse Jacksons, the Sharptons, the Clyburns. Did, they're that group. Did they gain power through the black church? How did that? How did they get the stranglehold on the vote? You and I have talked about this, but but let's let's talk about it with America. Uh, how did they get that stranglehold? A lot of it came through the civil rights movement. We were, you know, the black community seemed to be doing pretty well between the after the, after World War II between nineteen forty and and nineteen sixty. As a matter of fact, that's a great statistic. That I saw in Forbes magazine that said that um, Tuskegee Institute had produced more self-made millionaires than Princeton, Harvard, and Yale combined by, by 1940. It was an amazing statistic. I didn't know that one. Wow, I didn't um, know that either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 it it um, uh, uh, we 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 had Jackie Robinson, the integrated baseball, without a march. We had uh, Muhammad Ali become heavyweight champion of the world without a march. We had Joe Lewis knock out Max Melling down at Yankee Stadium. We didn't have to march. We integrated the NFL and the NBA without one march. Black people had colleges and universities and high schools. They were doing well. But all of a sudden, the black intelligentsia started telling us that we needed to, to, to separate ourselves from our culture, and we needed to forcibly integrate. Now, you and I both know that, that segregation was wrong. Nobody's ever said it was right. It was, it was wrong. It should always be wrong. Right. But what we did was we 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 we, we allowed a segment of, of of liberal society to enter into our black churches and and we decided to partner with them in order to to start our civil rights movement. And once they got into our black church, we did not change them. They changed us. And they've used our church from then from, from up from the sixties up until now as a platform to press their liberal, unchristian ideology. And you know, now the church and the Democratic Party has become, the black church and the Democratic Party has just become grafted together. Uh, the politics and the uh, church are, are, are one, and they shouldn't be, because the Democratic Party 
and their ideology is completely opposite of the concepts and ideas of Jesus Christ. They believe in abortion. Black church does not. Jesus Christ does not. They believe in uh, same-sex marriage. Whether you believe it or not yourself privately, that's not a tenet of our church. They believe in uh, uh, the, the LGBTQ movement. If you want to uh, agree with that yourself, that's your business. But when you start talking about the Catholic Church, the Methodist Church, AME Church, Baptist Church, the Overwitness Church, Seventh-day Adventist, they don't believe in it. And so we, and then they took prayer out of schools, and they uh, 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 put a wedge between the black community and Jesus Christ. And whenever people start talking about the problems in our community, they always talk about what government is supposed to be doing. No, no, our unalienable rights come from God. In his book, The Second Treaties of Government, uh, John Locke said that these rights were unalienable. That means they are irrevocable, non-transferable, unsellable. But we were taught during the Civil Rights Movement that we were supposed to go to government for these unalienable rights. And no, they come from God. And see, how are we supposed to know that they come from God when in our public education system right now, you can't even call his name. I just can't love. Even call his name. I just love to hear you go with it, man. I just love it. Just love it. Just love it. Because, uh, folks, you see what what we see in authors that uh, like Vince Ellison, and we're going to tell you how to get a hold of his book here in just a minute. You see, uh, and you when you hear voices on radio like mine, you see the fruit of those who came before us. Vince, let me ask you this question here, and I hope you can stay with me through the break. I, I want to talk to you a little bit after after the break. Um, when we look back, you mentioned this on, I, I grew up, I'm a little bit older than you, not, not, not few, not many years older than you, but I'm older than you, than, than you are. Uh, but when I look back on growing up in the late fifties and, and through the sixties, uh, I saw a black community that was thriving. We had our own dress shops. We had even the movie theater in Shreveport. We had all kinds of things, you know, shoe shops, uh, you know, everything. Uh, restaurants for certain, you, best food in town. Everybody came to the black community. To eat. White folks came to the black community to eat at the restaurants in the black community. And uh, because the food was so good. What I'm getting at is even though times were not as equitable for us as a people in this country back then. You and I both remember it. But we seem to be better people, better families, uh, educated. You know, you know, you're talking about your father who uh, found his way to pull himself up out of poverty. My dad, uh, before he went into World War II, my mother was just teaching him in the read. He only had a third grade education, but he became a very successful restaurant uh, 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 businessman. And, and, and so uh, the, were we better people? I want to talk about that, Vince. Let's start talking about it right now. Uh, talk, talk to us about that from your perspective. We've got about three minutes left in this segment. Well, I, we, we, we were because we depended on God and not government. See, uh, what we should have done in, in the Civil Rights Movement, uh, uh, we, if, if, if white people didn't want to serve us at their restaurants, we should have said, tell me what I'm going to do. I'm going to start my own restaurant. I'm going to make my food better. And when I do, you're invited to it. And our light, as Jesus said, let your light shine. So people will see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. And segregation would have fallen on its own. Instead, we had people that said, we need to go to Washington, D.C. See, if you don't want to feed me, I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. I'm going to get the government to come down and put a gun to your head, and I'm going to make you fix me that hamburger. Now, that didn't change that man's heart. Right. Matter of fact, it hardened his heart. Right. And then, matter of fact, it changed the way we, as black people, we started seeing how we were supposed to change his heart. 
Herschel Walker tells this great story. I'll never forget it. He was talking about when he played football at Georgia. And he said that they had won this big, big game. And Herschel was a freshman. And he said that when he came out of the locker room, he needed state troopers to protect him sometimes from, from the fans. Right. He said he came out, and these people were trying to get to him. He said and he was trying to get to his car, and he saw this old white man, Harley, Herschel, Herschel. Herschel, bring him over. What does he want? He said this man came to him weeping. Said, Herschel, I was the biggest Klansman in Georgia. Wow. But you changed me. Wow. You changed me. Seeing Herschel Walker wear that Georgia red, running through those tackles, making those touchdowns, made that man understand. I tell people, Motown and football did more to bring black and white folks together than any, any march that, that was ever created in the South. <laughs> I love it, we man. We have to learn to love one another. Ain't that what Jesus said, Reverend Brian? Motown and football. I love that, man. I just love it. And Jesus did say, let your light shine. You know, when you mentioned that, uh, Vince Ellison is my guest. And uh, I, 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 I remember that, yes, uh, when we think about it, we did have uh, everything that we needed and, and, and in, in our communities and, and so forth. And we were a better people and emanated from the church. Everything centered around what happened. Our, our community meetings happened at the church. And so, Vince, tell folks how to get in touch with you. You can go to my website, irontrianglebook.com. That's irontrianglebook.com. You can also read blogs there. There Some of my appearances are there. And you can also buy my book, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Go to any bookstores, usually inside the bookstores also. And, and Brother Brian, all of this burning and looting, this is not of God. This is not who we are. You don't bring people to you by doing that. We have to love one another. We have to show them how good we are because we are good. We are good. And you and I both know white people that we love and black people that love us back. And why do, they, why do we love each other? Because we're good to each other. Not because we force ourselves on them or we try to, try to make them love us. It's because we have seen goodness in them. They've seen goodness in us. And I'll tell you, it's a human thing. You come together, you love one another. You know, Vince, when I come back uh, on the other side of the break with Vince Ellison, the author of the book, uh, The Iron Triangle, uh, we're going to talk about that uh, exactly uh, where are we missing the mark here as understanding each other? I want to talk to him about uh, racism and uh, the uh, promotion of racism by seeing racists behind every tree. Uh, I grew up in the South too, Vince, um, son of farmers and um, the property I own, I uh, still have in my family, I've been in our family for 157 years, is right after slavery, and so and, and down in Louisiana. And so I, I understand race, and I've known racist, real ones. Not, no, not, not, not your, the, your imagined ones that these kids are seeing uh, in, in their, on the streets of, of America today, but real ones. Vince and I are going to talk about that when we return. I'm C.L. Bryant. This is the C.L. Bryant Show, back with Vince Ellison. Don't go anywhere.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA across the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet and the greatest success story the world has ever known and that is America coast to coast border to border over the talk monster the largest talk platform in the country red state talk radio most listened to coast to coast and around the globe and glad to be a part of their family if you're traveling through Times square look up above ripley's believe it or not that iconic building is host to our billboard right above ripley's and every hour 24 7 the cl bryant show does in fact pop up right there on that billboard a half a block from where I don't know if they're going to drop the big ball uh, this uh, year or not. All the things that we know and love as tradition in this country are gradually and certainly trying to be changed. And um, as you know, it's going to take men and women of courage to stand up and face down the enemies of this Judeo-Christian Republic. Yes, it was built on those foundations. There's nothing uh, wrong with proclaiming that. There's nothing wrong with patriotism either. And someone who's on with me right now who knows all about that and knows all about our next topic is my special guest here today, Vince Ellison, author of the book, The Iron Triangle. Vince, tell everybody again how to get a hold of your book and how to bring you to a city near them. Well, you can go to my website, irontrianglebook.com. That's irontrianglebook.com. You can buy my book on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com and just drop in any bookstore in your it there. Uh, this book will explain to you not only why we are separated by race in this country, but also how we can come together. CCL, 75% of white folks in America say they're Christian. 85% of black people say that we're Christian. Jesus Christ's last um, prayer before he went to the cross was for unity, for us to stay together, because he knew our state was going to come and divide, to divide us. He said, a house divided against itself cannot, cannot stand. And since that time, we've had these liberals come in. And, and these liberals are, are anti-Christian, anti-God, anti-man, whispering in our ear, telling us that our brothers and sisters, our white brothers and sisters in Christ, hate us and want to do us harm. And they don't. And this is how they keep us divided. And, of course, that's that old Balbillian term that you and I know about, you know, uh, uh, 90% of any gig is showing up, and our GOP politicians don't show up. Yeah. But we shouldn't expect them to. This task has been given to us by Jesus Christ. He gave us that great commission that said, take this gospel. And he said, and don't, he said to start here in Jerusalem, Samaria, and Judea, and then take it to the uttermost parts of the world. Yeah. 
Now, what have we done? We've taken it to Asia, to Africa, South America, but now we refuse to go across the street and share it with our brothers and sisters, and that's why our house is left unto us desolate. And we're fighting amongst ourselves because our young brothers and sisters in Christ have grabbed hold to an apostate religion that is telling them they must be affirmed by man. They should be. They have to understand they need to be affirmed by God and God only. It doesn't matter how man feels about them. They have to understand forgiveness, forbearance, love. These are the things that take you forward. The things they're doing now, this destruction, this killing, this murder, it will do them no good. As a matter of fact, it's just sending them back further and further and further. It is a shame to watch it, and I know that your heart breaks just like mine every time you see it. Yes, indeed. You know, Vince Ellison is my special guest, and Vince, uh, you're right on it. There seems to be, uh, to me, Vince, a paradox that is taking place uh, on the landscape of the black community, the young black community in particular. They are the most diverse racially uh, as far as uh, our people have ever been uh, overall, but they seem to be also of the separatists or or, or, or being uh, attacked by racists on every corner uh, mindset as well. They they seem to be torn uh, within the, their own uh, worldview or their own thinking of who they are and where they are on race. You and I were very clear about who we were and where we wanted to go and what we wanted out of this country. Our young people don't seem to have that same type of vision as to where they are, what they want from this country, and, and, and how to get there, Vince. Talk to us about uh, that conundrum that we're seeing. These are the children of Barack Obama. Think about this, E.L. Barack Obama became president in 2008. Well, he won in 2008, but he started running for president in 2006. Now, think about a 24, 25-, 26-year-old child. That was 14 years ago. They were 10, 11, 12 years old. So Barack Obama is, is, is their whole political spectrum. And the last two years of his administration, he was given a, 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 a job by the left. You know, we thought that when Barack became president that we had transcended, finally, this whole racial thing here in America. But the last two years of his administration, he was told to put the black community back on the Democrat plantation. And what did he do? He trashed America for the last two years of his administration. And for the first four years of Trump's administration, he continued it. He said America, he said racism was in America's DNA. He said there were people in America that couldn't make it no matter how hard they tried. He, 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 he framed the flames of racism with Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown. Uh, 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 he, 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 everything was about race to him. And then after Donald Trump won, they put it into hyperdrive. And these children... Unlike you and I, who believed when we were growing up that we could have everything we wanted in this country, became young people that believed that race was a barrier. Why did they believe that? Their president told them it was. And every time they had a failure, unlike you and I, who just dust ourselves up and get back to work, they were told, stay down. Racist America will not let you rise. Stay down. And so when you become a victim, you believe you have the right to be a victimizer. You believe you have a right to exact revenge on the person that is doing you harm. And Barack Obama, the Democrat Party, and the liberals are leading these children down a primrose path that will, that, uh, that will inevitably end up in their death 
or in their imprisonment. Wow. And you know what, Vince? Uh, the, the, the paradox to all of that that you've said, and it's absolutely true. The president who was telling them to be victims because race was keeping them down was the first president of color in the White House telling people of color that racism is their problem. It's the most paradoxical thing you can possibly point to. Uh, This man using color as the president of the United States, the first colored one there, against colored people. That, that, that's the oddest thing to me. But yet we they bought it, Vince. They bought it. 98% of black people bought it. And yep. that is the strangest thing that I can imagine. Vince Ellison, tell us again how to bring you to where we are because, man, you lay it down good. And, folks, he'll lay it down the same way if you bring him there personally. I promise you he will. So tell him how to get in touch with you. Well, go to my, my, my website again, irontrianglebook.com. That's irontrianglebook.com. And we want all of y'all to get out and vote. This is a serious, serious election. Uh, we have our well, not we, we, we have our religious liberties at stake. We have our Second Amendment at stake. You know, we have black people running around, man. If the, 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 the gangs aren't after them, they say that the police are after them, which I don't believe, but they say that they are. And what do the Democrats say? Well, give us your guns to leave you exposed to the police. See, I believe in the Second Amendment because just like what John Locke said, John Locke said that you're supposed to preserve your body so you can serve God. You're no good if your legs are broken, if your head is beat in. So you've got to protect yourself so you can go out there and do God's will. So I believe in self-preservation. I believe in self-defense. I believe in my freedom of religion. I believe that we are supposed to make sure that our children can get a Christian education if you want one. Right now, we're allowing our children to go to secular schools that will teach them transgenderism, LGBTQ, teach them evolution. But you better not say the word the, the, the name of Jesus Christ, even though based upon the founding documents of this country, our rights come from our creator. Yet they teach them that we have no creator. So how can you learn to be an American, see, if you cannot learn about God? Man, I it's ridiculous. This is why we have this conundrum in this nation. Man. All of this starts from our, from our belief wholeheartedly in God. And if we don't have that, we do not have a nation, and these leftists know it. And that's why they're trying to tear down. And people without God, as you see in the streets, are burning this country to the ground. It's not people like me and you. Wow. There, are pe- there are people out there that will not call the name of Jesus, will not believe that he can save them from their sins and he can help them build and live a better life in peace. It's not about possessions. It's about knowing that in God you have peace. Wow. That you have tranquility and all things are possible. You know, Vince, uh, my home church pastor, Dr. Edward Jones, uh, uh, senior of Galilee Baptist Church, he always said this, Vince, and I, I, it comes to mind as I hear you talk. He said, good preaching loves to hear good preaching. And man, I love to hear you talk, brother. I really, really do. Listen, God bless you and God keep you is my, my prayer. And uh, continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are Vince Ellison. And uh, thank you so much for being on with me. I will see you at the inauguration ball. All right, brother? We'll be there. We'll be there. All right. Looking forward to it. God bless you. God bless you, man. I love you. Love you. Bye now. 
This is CL. That was my good friend, Vince Ellison. And I got to tell you something, folks. Uh, he's on fire today. Oh, my God. He's on fire every time he comes on the show. And uh, Pastor Jones was absolutely right. Uh, good preachers love to hear good preaching. <laughs> and so uh, that is that is so true. And I love, love, love to hear to hear him. And um, so you heed the call to everybody who was um, uh, onward, 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 uh, Christian soldiers marching. And it is truly uh, that way now, right now, as to war. And I was saying before Vince came on, uh, and I want to continue that here in just a, a few minutes on the home stretch of today's show. If you don't get both hours of the show, be sure to download free the C.L. Bryant Show. Download free the C.L. Bryant Show. And I, I want to end this segment sort of on a, a note that I, I started at the very beginning of the show. Because I, I think here within the next 48 hours now, it was 72 hours yesterday that I was started a, t- a countdown as to when something has to break. The American people are going to demand it. Democrats are beginning to uh, get antsy here because this Hunter Biden thing is not going to be able to be swept. Oh, no, it's, it's too, you, you got to be able to, we can see, Hunter, Joe, we can see you under the carpet. They can't just sweep you on the carpet. Oh, no. And come Thursday night, Joe Biden, and since you brought Hunter into this, because you did it, you brought Hunter into this. You got him that job that got him that that had the money funneled funneled through him to your family. (laughs) may not be anything criminal about it, but it sure is shady. There's nothing criminal about paying somebody to do something you want them to do. Unless the vice president is selling his office through his son. If the vice president is selling his office through his son, yeah, we got a problem. Houston, we got a problem. And so, why isn't the CBS, ABC, NBC, why aren't they asking Watergate-type questions? Huh? I, why? Why? They're going to have to, or they are going to have to go away because they serve no purpose. They're supposed to be news. That is incredible, earth-moving news to know that it's quite possible that the vice president of the United States sold his office using his son to funnel money to the family. Is it possible that Hillary Clinton, who actually started this Russian collusion thing while Hunter Biden was actually colluding with Russians, is it possible that she and, oh my goodness, do we dare whisper 
Do we dare consider that Barack, Barack may, may have actually known this too? Seeing how it is that it was Barack that Joe Biden said, well, if you don't believe me, call him. Call him. Well, that's, that's, that's not anything you can make. That's not anything you can make make a decision on, uh, Mr. Vice President. Uh, we, we need to talk to the president. What does Joe say? Call him. Is it possible then, since Joe implicated Barack by simply saying that if you don't take my word for it, call him because he'll tell you what I'm doesn't that implicate doesn't that indicate that to you it indicates it to me huh whenever my kids say call my dad that means that I know about what it is they are having someone call me about if I said to you 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 just ask my my dad it means that my dad is going to endorse what I have told you. He's going to endorse it. And I know he's going to endorse it. Because I know he knows all about it. And he has already endorsed it. So when Joe Biden says. Call him. Call Barack. That means that Barack had already endorsed already endorsed did you see the body posture of uh joe biden when he said that oh he was just relaxed and confident that he could possibly be call him oh i'm gonna, I'm gonna call your father oh, okay call him if i know that i was right and somebody threatening me with with calling a high i'm gonna talk to your boss about that here's the phone <laughs> Here's the phone. That's what Joe did. He did a here's the phone moment. Which means that Barack knew that this was going down the way Joe wanted it to go down. The only question that's really kind of shady and, and, and you know, kind of sketchy, but it's not too sketchy if you can just uh, hear the vibe. Sometimes you got to be tuned in, really tuned in. Hmm, yum. Just to hear the vibe. Extraordinary vibe. You have to be tuned in to the vibe of what's truly being said. And Joe Biden has implicated everybody. He got Hunter the job. And I am saying to you, and I'm, I'm going to be talking about this a little bit more on the other side of this short break. What I think can truly go down. You've heard it before, but you haven't heard it from me and my take. I'll be right back. I'm CL. Don't you go anywhere back in a minute. You thought I was worth saving. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL, back with you. Home stretch of the CL Bryant Show today. And um, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me as we build the bridge to conversation uh, daily here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Uh, hey, I was uh, saying to you, and I want to sort of wrap this up and, and bring it on home um, here um, in, a, in this kind of bow, I guess. Basically, as we begin the show you know how stories can end badly don't you and all of us have had the possibilities of having certain stories and aspects of life end Badly, unexpectedly, even. I want you to hear me. Many times you have within your own ability by the choices you make to actually have a different outcome than you got you could have had you could have had I'll say that a different outcome that you got but because of the choices that we made you make choices okay you make choices so as not to confuse your choices with somebody else uh, you know making you do it you you no one can make you do anything you make a choice to do it there's something i'm not going to want to do i don't care if you beat me i ain't doing it okay america we have a choice to make And if we make the wrong choice, 
And I know that there will be millions of votes cast for Joe Biden. Why that will be? Well, God knows it is beyond me how anyone can vote for Joe. But this is my take. Here we go. You may have heard this before, but this is what I'm thinking. I could be wrong, of course, and I'll be the first to say that I was wrong. I'll be the first to say it. First of all, I'll be very surprised if the president um, loses the presidential election. I'll be, it'll be an incredible surprise to me. It'll be a boo-hoo-hoo kind of surprise to me. I'll be crying like the folks on, like I'll be crying as heartbroken as Rachel Maddow. (laughs) But here's the deal. Here's the deal. The way the leaf, the tea leaves are falling in the bottom of the cup. Now you folks who ever spent any time in New Orleans, um, you might have um, seen pass by, you know, the tarot lady, and um, she reads tea leaves and all kind of stuff like that. Not nonsense, you know, just nonsense. But a lot of people believe that kind of stuff especially down in that neck of the woods. Um, The way the tea leaves are falling in the bottom of the cup, this is the image that's being painted. Joe Biden is now entering into phase two of the setup. Yeah, he's entering into phase two of the setup that he has agreed to. He has chosen this, but he never uh, thought that his son would become an elephant around his neck. Hunter Biden, and when Bo died, I know it broke Joe's heart because Bo was supposed to run for president. He was vice president to the first black president of the United States. His time was right after Barack, and he missed it. Biden very well could have beaten Trump then. Biden could have very well beaten Trump then because he would have still had the real love and affection held over for Barack. And if Trump was the nominee, Biden may have very well beaten him. But he missed his shot. He missed his opportunity. He missed his chance. And the only way, in my estimation, that he can beat Donald Trump 
is if Donald Trump uh, somehow, I don't know, falls off of his horse in the mud. I, I just don't know. What, other than cheating, stealing an election, that's about the only way I can see Trump losing this thing. Now, Joe Biden has entered into phase two of his purpose, his useful idiotness. Check it out. Joe Biden has always wanted to be the presidential nominee. And if Hunter had not been a mills and not turned into a millstone around his neck, and if his hereditary father time catching up with him mentally had not occurred. And I'm not really sure that's hereditary. I think it's um, who you hang around with. I mean, I, I, I will not allow myself to hang around with fuddy-duddies, even though some of them are younger than I am. But I don't hang around with fuddy-duddies. I don't. <laughs> is, that, is that still a word that's used? I don't know. <laughs> oh, what's a fuddy-duddy? Someone who is just... Uh, you know, thinks old and decrepit. Although I know young people, I know people who are, I, I consider young, you know, 35, 40 years old, who are just, um, just, you know, boring, boring. Yeah, just boring is, <laughs> I know you just, that, my friends, is where Joe Biden is. Joe is a fuddy-duddy. And the president, who's only just a couple of years younger than him, is not. And I don't think he ever will be. Neither will I. I'll never be a fuddy-duddy. The president is, is 74 years old. But he is far from being a fuddy-duddy. And I hope to be as vibrant, even more vibrant than he is when and I get to be his age. But Joe Biden, um, I, I think... The death of his son, Bo, took a lot out of him, out of him and I, I can just imagine. And, um, you know, I do sympathize with him. I, he has my empathy there. But this thing that's going on with Hunter, I have no empathy for him whatsoever. I do understand, as I told you from the very opening of the show, I understand a man protecting his son. I understand that. Anyone can understand that. I would never turn my son in. I'd never do it. I'd encourage him to go. I'd say, son, I'd go with you all the way to the wall until we get you out. Get you out of jail or whatever. If you've done something wrong, let's go and face it. I would encourage him to do it, but I would never. I'd never turn him in. You may say I'm wrong for saying that, but folks, I'm just telling you that's the way it is. When it comes to a man who, you know, and, and some men, you know, love your sons differently. But I love my son like I understand Joe Biden defending and protecting his son who he knows may have been used by him 
as a pawn. Joe had set his son up to be used as a conduit, a funnel for money into the Biden family. And the president, you just wait. You just wait till Thursday night. Now, I said this before, I'm going to say it again. I said this before, I'm going to say it again. I said it the last time that the president was about to debate Joe, and he did it. The president came out and just kicked Joe all over the stage. Not in the way that I expected him to, but he still kicked Joe all over the stage. This time, the president is going to give Joe Biden a surgical behind whooping. He's going to give him a professional butt whooping. You, you just wait and see. Of course, yeah, I'm biased. I'm always pulling from a guy. And yes, Vince Ellison was absolutely right. I'll see all y'all or those of you who will make it at the inauguration. I'll have a plus one with me. And hey, folks, um, uh, it's going to be a great time. Absolutely yum and extraordinary. Well, that's just about all the time we have for today. And um, I certainly want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we have built the bridge to conversation. My special guest were Rose Tenham, a good buddy. And um, good buddy Vince Ellison was on with me. Rose, a radio host in her own right. And Vince Ellison, the author of The Iron Triangle, were my special guest. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL, and my heartfelt desire for each and every one of you is that God will bless and keep each and every one of you. I'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.